0: I'm Sean Huang, and this is How You Sell Without Selling Out, Rogers That.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, and welcome to Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. Today, we have someone who really epitomizes everything that uh, I want this podcast to stand for. We have someone who is uh, running a family business, and we're going to get to that, that was started in 1978, Uh, but we met really through uh, a past life. We met through the the world of real estate, and um, back when I was practicing real estate full-time Um, very seldomly did a deal pop up that just meant something way bigger than a deal. And with uh, Sean Wong's family, uh, that was exactly what happened. And it was just really a divine divine deal that led to a great friendship, led to a great partnership, and led to uh, someone that I now refer to as the plastics man. And so um, Sean's company does a lot of things. uh, But I think of him as the guy that when you think of plastic, you think of Sean. And that's what you think of when you think of the plastics man. But more importantly... I think of a great leader, I think of a great father, I think of a great husband, and I think of a fantastic Christian man that leads with his values and is so sincere. And so today, I wanted Sean to come on uh, and share his story, Uh, share the story of his path to doing something that maybe he didn't expect to go and do, and all of a sudden, uh, life stops on a dime, and you make decisions that are needed. Uh, And through that, he's been able to go and really brand himself on social media, on LinkedIn, but most importantly, in person. Is just a genuinely great guy, and I think that as you get older, uh, those are the ones you need to cling to because they make you better uh, just by the theory of absorption. So, a lot of that to be said. Uh, Sean, I'm glad to be your friend, I'm glad to have you on here today. And, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Sean Wong.
0: Well, thanks very much, Rogers. That's a <laughs> that's quite an intro. Um, and I'm pretty humbled to be here. Uh, having watch your other episodes and seeing all the great folks you have come on. So I, I really uh, feel honored to to be here for this. Would game.
1: you consider yourself a super fan?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I Man.
1: am. Wow. So um, do you think that after this is over, you'll make a plastic statue of me? That can oh, I can. Our, the- I can do that. Wow. I can do that, yeah. That was actually question six. Let's start with question one. Who, who is Sean? Walk, walk us through the journey of, of Sean Wong.
0: Yeah, so to really – answer that question, I was thinking about when you posed that to me, and to really answer that question is to really ask the question, well, really, what has God made me and what has he turned me into? Not so much like what have I done, you know, what have I, my experiences, but what he's done uh, in my life. And so start. I was born in Dallas, born and raised in Dallas at uh, Presbyterian Hospital on Walnut Hill. What room number? Oh, uh, the one next to the one that had the Ebola. Oh, so yeah perfect yeah okay. yeah well, I believe that, that actually okay <laughs> so born and raised in Dallas uh went to St. Mark's for about 10 years uh local private school here and uh went to Duke for my undergrad and graduated Two schools
1: there. that are very easy to get into St. Mark's and Duke uh
0: apparently not anymore <laughs> yeah I'm just kidding <laughs> um but at the time yeah that was it was not so bad um
1: so Duke and, and St. Mark's, and, and, and what was the goal at, at Duke, which is now um, SMU's newest rival here in yes. uh, the AC, ACC, which makes complete sense, the Atlantic Coast Conference.
0: Well, we and, call it now the All-Coast Conference because now we've got teams Stanford and Cal oh, yeah. well, joining. The, so well,
1: Dallas has so many great coasts here, too, that it make the White Rock Coast. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah,
0: excellent. Uh, so, yeah, the idea was, honestly, You know, my parents raised me to work really hard, study really hard. Academics and education was super important to them and uh, super important to them. Um, They grew up in Taiwan, moved to the U.S. when my dad was, I think, uh, mid-30s, early mid-30s. Yeah, no, I can't imagine that going to a completely different country where you really don't even know the language that well Mm. in the early mid-30s. And starting a family in a foreign place, I think that's... Were you born here? I was born, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was born here. Um, And so the idea was just, hey, you know, get the best education you can possibly get. You know, we came here to this country for opportunities like this. And so here you go. Hmm. We'll help you out and set you on your way. And so that's basically was the idea. And you go to Duke, get a good job, something like that. Yeah. Did
1: you know what you wanted to do when you graduated or did you have a plan? No. You know,
0: what's interesting is uh, I, if I were to admit it, I really didn't take advantage of my time at Duke uh, as well as I should have. Looking back on it, uh, a, lot of wasted, a lot of wasted time because I worked so hard in high school to get to there. And when yeah. I got there, I'm like, oh, all right, I can finally relax. And I'm like – and so it was, it, in retrospect, I wish I had used it better. Um, yeah. But I didn't know what I wanted to do um did you
1: have the desire to go and be a part of the family business
0: honestly no because i growing up actually hated it and i'll tell you why because uh you've been to like summer camps that sort of thing you know i don't know what the ones are these days you know sky ranch whatever uh so i went to trade show camp with my (laughs) parents so uh we'd go to trade shows during the summer circuit and i'd set up booths you know chicago Mm -hmm. la san francisco new york hmm. uh atlanta and that's what i would do but we weren't old enough to do anything really at that age so we'd help my parents up the trade show booth clean it up everything else and then we had to stay the whole day in the hotel room me and my sister you know so we would just kind of just be watching tv all day long and it was pretty boring
1: plastics is the enemy
0: at that time it was. Yeah, I I didn't like I didn't like it at all.
1: But but again, life happens, right? Yeah. And so you go to Duke. Did you play basketball there?
0: Uh yes. Um center. A, a yeah. four year starter? <laughs> four year bench warmer, Four yeah. year b- bench warmer. Yeah. Uh
1: so you graduate Duke, you come back home and, and, and again the path from, you know, um uh theologies, oh my god, seminary. Yeah. Which again I want you to kind yeah. touch on that to, to what you're doing now. What was that?
0: Yeah, so after working a few years, you know, the normal, I guess, stage in career progress is the next thing you do is go to business school. You get an mm-hmm. MBA. That's just kind of what people who look like me did, right? So I started applying to all the business schools and, you know, doing all that and taking the tests and going on interviews with the business schools. And one thing that all, just about all the business schools would ask on your application is a particular question that they phrase differently, but basically it's this. Why do you want to go to business school? Why do you want to come to this one? And why now? And so when you're early mid 20s, trying to answer that question, you're, you're just wanting to get into the school. So you're like, okay, let me write what I think they want to hear. And I just make up some fantastic story about how I'm going to change the world and help the world um, mm-hmm. by going to this business school. And, you know, deep down, I knew it really wasn't true. It's was kind of a lie to just hopefully get my foot in the door and yeah. get into the school. But it really got me thinking, okay, really, what do I want out of this? Because the idea of going to business school as well, what? what's the goal? It's to make more money. Okay, well, what's the last, what happened the last time you got a big pay raise or, you know, jumped jobs and got a big increase. What happened then? Well, the only thing I realized that was happening was I would just get more expensive toys. You know, um, nothing really changed in my life. So when I was answering that question in my mind, I was like, well, if I get an MBA and I just get a new job, make more money, is anything else going to change or I'm just going to get more expensive toys? And the answer to that was no. Um, So one night, actually, I was at home and just couldn't get to sleep. And one of my friends said, when I can't get to sleep, sometimes I just read the Bible. And then that'll help me put, put me to sleep. So as a good Christian boy at the time, and I wasn't really, <laughs> I was misbehaving a lot at that time in my life, um, but um, I had a Bible on my nightstand. And uh, just in case my parents ever came to my house, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, there's one there. It's covered in a layer of dust, you know. I just never open it. But for some reason, I opened the Bible that that night, and I turned to the book of Ecclesiastes, which I'd never read before in my life. You know, I just opened it up, and I don't know how much you know about the book of Ecclesiastes, but written by uh, King Solomon. Solomon was considered one of the wisest uh, rulers. ever Ever. you know and richest Richest. and he had everything all the money and you know all the women i mean 300 concubines or whatever all the horses and everything you can possibly imagine And all he's talking about in this book is how it's all vanity and it's all meaningless without god and so that started uh me on the path to to going to seminary and um so what actually happened was i started thinking maybe this isn't for me business school isn't for me i need to do something else And when I decided that I was going to go to seminary instead of business school, and I wanted to give my notice at work, um, one thing I remember, and this is a kind of a crazy story, it's a little bit long, but it's well worth it. One thing I was saying to myself was, well, you know what, it's okay, I won't make a ton of money. I know going to seminary, people don't go there to make money, (laughs) you know, that's not what it's about. And I was okay with not having a very, you know, luxurious lifestyle um, moving forward. But I said it was worth it. And, but one thing I was a little bit sad about was that I love camping. I love camping, going outdoors. And ironically, camping is like one of the most expensive hobbies out there. Um, if you, you know, want to be somewhat comfortable, you know, uh, you can rough it of course. But so I was sad about that. That was one thing I was a little bit sad about when I gave my notice that I won't be able to do that as much, you know, anymore. Uh, Colorado, whatever these places, Montana to go camping. So
1: you're not really a camper; you're a glamper.
0: I that's that's true. So, yeah. I told God, I really love glamping, but yeah, I'm a little God, bit sad about God, that. God, I want
1: to camp with Wi-Fi and AC.
0: Yeah. So, um, the last day of my work, I was in our uh, San Jose office, and I got an email, and it was from, um, and it said like something like, "Oh, you've won this like trip uh, to the Grand Canyon, all expenses paid from REI." And I'm like, what is this, you know? And I was like, this is a total scam. So, but you know, I'm a little curious. So I emailed them because it looked official. It looked pretty darn official. And I said, "Uh, well, first of all, how do I know it's not a scam? Because you're asking me for my social security number because they have to report this to the IRS because it's a large dollar amount. And then, so I'm totally skeptical. So I said, hey, I need, if this is true, I need you to scan a copy of your business card and your boss's business card and email it back to me. So I know it's like legit. And so they did that. And, um, apparently I had one an all expenses paid trip for two to go camping in the grand Canyon, uh, and a guided guided camping trip is totally, I mean, it's the most gl- glamorous, luxurious kind of camping out there. But at that moment, it was just an affirmation from God of like, I know you hmm. miss, you'll miss some of these things, but I'm the God of the universe. I can do anything I want. Wow! Did and you go on the trip? Oh, of course I did. I took my cousin out with me, and we went on the trip. And and on the trip there, I just kept thinking in my mind, hey, this isn't about me. This trip isn't about me. It's it's about you, God, and what you're doing in my life. And so in that trip, I I had all these, you know, points, airline points. So I was like, I'm, I'm just going to upgrade my ticket to first class because, you know, I have all these points. Why not? But I told myself, and I prayed to God, I was like, God, if there's anything you want me to do, anyone you want me to talk to, whatever, this isn't about me. This is about you. I want you to tell me. I want you to make it clear to me. And since I am kind of an an idiot sometimes, you need to make it like super clear to me that this is what you want me to do. So uh, I get on this plane. I sit down and this gentleman sits down next to me, first class. And he's got a book. It's a it's a pr- relatively thick book and it's yellow and black cover. Um, and it has, you know, on the front it says Religion for Dummies. No way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you're so funny. <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, I asked for something very over-the-top obvious that you want me to do something. Mm. So I spent the whole flight just talking to this guy about why was he going? He was going to Sedona. And um, if you're, know anything about Sedona it's very like new agey and that kind of stuff Wild spiritual country, kind of stuff right? yeah. yeah um in Arizona yeah. you know and uh uh so we just spent the whole time talking he was going through a tough time mm. um he and his wife were just got divorced mm. you know and he's just lo- completely lost and he's going to a place that he feels that has the answers um and I just kind of just shared shared with him uh the good news of Jesus that he. Loves us all. He died for our sins, paid the penalty of our sins, and rose from the dead to give us eternal life for those who believe in Him. And so I just shared that with him. I just talked, and we just spent all that that flight. And I wish that flight was longer. You know, I really do. I wish I could have been so much longer. But you keep up with them. I not anymore. I, for the first couple of months, <laughs> few months after that, we'd exchange, uh emails and stuff. But you should email them today. I don't. You know, I got to dig through. I. I you know, what? I'll, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> tell them to check out the podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: this is not what you think. I need you to give yeah. us, give us more views. Yeah. So he he gave you. So I tell people sometimes God talks to me, but sometimes yeah. he yells at me. Mm. So God was yelling at you.
0: Oh, he was hitting me over the head with a bat. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then you landed on your first class glamping trip, <laughs> and, and which is pretty awesome. I believe it. Um, and, and so again, so you go to seminary. Yeah. Right. And and the goal, the you know trajectory, was it to be a pastor? Was it to you know, what was the headspace like You at know, that
0: point? honestly, just like Duke, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I needed to be there. Yeah. That's all I knew, that God wanted me there. Um, and so when the admissions person was like, oh, what do you want to study? I was like, I don't know. What's your standard degree? And they're like, well, we have this, our standard degree is this uh, Master of Theology degree at Dallas Seminary. I was like, okay, I'll sign up for that. I didn't, they didn't tell me it's like a four-year degree, you know, um, and pretty, pretty tough, but um, I did that, and I actually thought I was going to be a missionary full-time uh, as wow. I was going through the years. Uh, I thought I was going to be a missionary Which full-time. It doesn't
1: go with glamping that well, but you, no. could, have brought, you could have been I, a glishonary. Oh, yeah. A glamorous missionary. TM,
0: you're going to trademark yeah, no, that. Yeah. By the time
1: oh. this airs, we're going to have ownership of, gl- <laughs> of glishonary. So you, you do that, and then you have a moment that changes yeah. your life forever, yeah. right? Without, again, no trajectory to be a part of the family business, to be a part of the acrylic and plastics world. Right. And then your father passes away, yeah. And at, at that point, did you feel like it was another situation where again, God's yelling at you and He's saying you gotta you gotta pursue this,
0: man. Um, so after seminary, I was starting to work for my parents for because I just didn't feel when I graduated, I didn't feel that calling to go into full time missions, which you have to feel because it's a tough gig, and if you don't feel that, if you're not convinced of that, completely hundred percent sold out for that you will go out there and be disappointed and be upset and frustrated so I didn't feel that so I didn't feel it was right for me to go into that but my parents needed some help at the business so I said let me sure I'll help you out you know um, and uh, but in 2017 yeah my my dad had passed away and uh, he's. Uh, hopefully you don't experience that anytime soon at all but uh, it's one of those things that just uh, devastates you like utterly devastates you and there's a there's a Chinese saying that I think is quite appropriate Um, and there's a Chinese saying that says that you're not really an adult until you've lost a parent Hmm. you're never truly an adult until you've lost a parent and I, I understand that I understand why that saying exists because a certain part of me changed that I was no longer a child I was now an adult because now I was not only having to deal with this death of my father but now my mom needed help I needed to take care of my mom you know, and then I need to take care of this business. I need to take care of my family as well, and 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 juggling all that was was super trying and challenging.
1: But to the business side of it, so what happened? Yeah. You immediately are thrust into the world of yeah of plastics. Uh,
0: yeah, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Absolutely none. I grew up in the business, you know, setting up trade shows, trade shows, and everything. But I don't know the business. I don't know anything about. Finance. I never t- took finance classes in college. I didn't know any of that stuff, how to run a business, how to lead. I've been a leader most of my life, um, You know, captains of my sports teams and all that. But running a business was a completely different thing. But you did it. I did and, it.
1: And it was a no looking back situation. No, I had you, no you, choice. You weren't married at the time. Did you guys have children?
0: Uh, yes. At the time, we had two. So
1: two boys. Yeah, married. two boys. All of a sudden, life completely stops on a dime yeah. and you pivot. Yeah. And you jump in. Yeah. And so what was the headspace again, knowing that again, that might not be what you signed up for. It's not, it's not what you studied. It's not what you were literally doing, but another opportunity to go and listen to God and you are going to take over your family business. So what was that process like?
0: That was, uh, the process was honestly, my headspace was, was I was, I had tons of fear, tons of fear. I didn't want to change anything. The biggest change in my life had just happened, and I didn't want to change anything about anything. I didn't want to change anything about the business. I thought, hey, this has been working so far. Let's just keep it the same, you know? And I didn't want to change anything, and, of course, that was to my detriment. But over time, I learned, thankfully, actually, COVID was was a good thing that happened to us, uh, was that it forced me to change how I was running the business, because our business has traditionally been based on selling B2B to independent retailers, mom and pop shops. That was our bread and butter. Uh, we have a couple of bigger customers, but mostly that. And so when COVID hit, so many of our customers just disappeared, they went out of business. And so I had to find a different way to get our products out there hmm. and sell our products. What'd you do? Well, I started selling on Amazon, uh, started e-commerce, our own e-commerce website. So You, the,
1: you led all this stuff we got, yeah. with again without any experience the company was kind of running it's not running itself but you didn't have to get too creative with with pivoting we right. had a, another big moment you know yeah. like like for all of us business yep. owners or not covid sucked but it was also a blessed time because it put things into priority. And you also had to make this, you you were forced to make decisions quick.
0: Right. And uh, I had a lot of people helping me along the way. I don't want to minimize that. Some people had actually given me the advice before COVID. Hey, you need to diversify how you're distributing your products. You need to have more distribution channels. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what we do. That's not what we've ever done. I'm not going to do it.
1: So what's your leadership style like? How many people are you currently overseeing? Yeah,
0: six employees right now. It's a small business. Still still is.
1: Yeah, but you have, you have you know, over in, aren't y'all Taiwan-based? Taiwan? Yeah. So, I mean, in all, you have tons of people that rely on you, yes. your vision, et cetera. Yes. So what was your leadership style, you know, again, what you're doing now I'm, with
0: employees? I'm, yeah, I'm a very relational leader. Like, I, I, I have to, you have to know that I care about you. You know, I care, I care about my employees and people, my vendors, uh, customers very deeply, uh, because if I don't care about them, then to me, they're just someone to get money out of someone to get something out of. And that's not how I operate. Um, and so my leadership style is very relational. I want to get to know what our employees are going through. Um, personally, we have a time every time in our meeting, we just share things. We have a prayer time. Like, hey, does anyone want to pray about something? And, and we awesome. just we just pray about it because life's tough, you yeah. know.
1: Well, it is, um, it is. But again, you figured out a way to kind of pivot through. And and again, like the plastics man, this whole this persona that he he created, that he comes up with. I mean, he is bringing plastics to the masses, literally, but also making it very very brandable. So what's that been like? Knowing that, again, we're the world is surrounded by acrylic and plastic, but yeah. you're trying to find a way to brand yourself in that industry what's what's that journey like
0: honestly i i you know me pretty well and i actually don't like talking about myself or branding about that's like
1: if you guys are on linkedin just add him right now there's not a day that goes by where you don't know what he had for breakfast he's usually wearing a goat fuel hat or a liquid death t-shirt and yeah he is the plastics man
0: i am the plastics man but it's funny because people now are like oh i've seen you you're the plastics man i'm like this is weird. I I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> well,
1: it, it works, but I mean, yeah. even with that, I mean, like again, with branding, it's such a a unique um, art, right? But what you do is you just make it very easy to understand, where it's not all about a product. You're yeah. not pushing stuff, but right. What, what what has that been like, especially in a world where people are maybe sometimes leaning towards stuff that's more eco-friendly or, you know, made from, you know, recycled Q-tips or whatever it is. What what has that been like for you as a leader?
0: So one of the things is educating people on plastics is very challenging because there's a lot of stuff. out. People have experience with plastics all the time, but they don't understand a lot of the terminology and what goes into it and what, you know, what this kind of plastic is. How do you make this, you know, uh, what's challenging about, what are the things you can't do, can do. Uh, so educating people on the virtues of the plastic I specialize in, which is acrylic, is a little bit challenging because acrylic is uh, a catch-all term for all clear plastics. But it's a particular type of plastic. See how excited plastic. he's getting
1: about plastics? And this is – keep well, going. Okay. He, didn't, he didn't breathe for like so it's, eight minutes. Yeah, I
0: know. Um, so it's PMMA, polymethyl methacrylate. But that's just the chemical. I'm not – Look, I I don't. There are people out there who know way more oh, about no, but plastics.
1: But you know what though? There's only one plastics man, and he's right here in studio, which means the world is down one plastics leader until we're out. So again, yeah. but like pla- keep, keep yeah, talking. Yeah. So
0: so there are the the great thing about acrylic is that it's clearer than glass. If it's high quality acrylic, it has a higher light transmission ratio than glass. So you wouldn't think that you're like oh glass is the most clear product. No, actually, if you have a really good sheet of acrylic, it's clearer than glass. Wow. Um So Do you yeah. have children. We have three boys.
1: What are their names? You also just went like yeah. this. Three. Oh, you. Oh, the thumb. Huh. The thumb's not a finger.
0: Oh, sorry. It's my only opposable one. But yeah. Um. So yeah, Evan, Felix, and Godwin are, are their names.
1: So what kind of plastic is Evan? And Godwin. Oh and man, Felix. Evan.
0: Evan is acrylic. He's like, he's, it's got to be a certain way. He's very particular. But it has to be the best and and all that kind of stuff
1: and then godwin
0: uh Godwin gosh um he's this stuff he's uh triton uh triton is a is another color kind of plastic uh that's basically indestructible um so Godwin gets into everything, he beats his brothers up uh he's the youngest, but he's the roughest and, and then felix felix hmm felix gosh that's that's a tough one uh, i think he's uh i think he's like a b s plastic. Um, the stuff that goes on bumpers, um, uh, because he's very moldable and shapeable, uh, very easily to be shaped. Uh, but sometimes he's a little bit, uh, can be a little bit fragile and, 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 and gets bumped a little bit.
1: Laura, your wife,
0: Laura, uh, she's not a plastic. There's, there's she's no, pla- a diamond. yeah, there's no pla, I mean, pla- I love plastics, but she's not a plastic at all. And how about you? What would you say I am?
1: I don't, I mean, I've learned a lot about plastics over my oh. f- tenure of being friends with you, but um, I don't know. Um, what's the, the nicest fa- plastic that gives other people, uh, that helps other plastics? Acrylic. So you're acrylic too.
0: Yeah, I'm, you know, our our mission at the company, at Juan Acrylic is, our mission is to bring lasting clarity to your life. That's our mission statement. And that has two meanings. Acrylic, which is the clearest plastic you can get and the clarity that uh is found in jesus christ so it's a two double meaning that we have there
1: unbelievable um so in the plastics world um if you were like a like a superhero you're the well you are the plastics man who's your arch rival
0: Ooh, oh man the arch rival gosh that's
1: like maybe the prince of paper (laughs)
0: or uh Iron Man. Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man. Because you can't see through iron. You know, it's just, it's not that useful for, like, you know, making things look pretty. Got it. It's kind of ugly.
1: Got it. Uh, okay, I'm going to put you in the spot, too. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to take your hands out. All right. And we're going to farkle.
0: What's farkle?
1: Like, we're going to rock, paper, scissors. Okay. We're going to shoot on three. Wow. Okay. So, you went upside down paper, which okay we both did paper uh-huh. i was just gonna see who you would favor paper rock, or scissors oh i you know
0: it's been a long time since i played a game of street rps so this is
1: street art. oh wow yeah this is like because I, I have a hoodie on
0: oh yeah i mean this is wow we actually been leagues and stuff like that
1: i believe that duke <laughs> was fun huh how was duke it was good i was on the uh, competitive farkle team yeah street R- he went rps too. yeah and
0: so just just who who drinks next
1: yeah wow so uh it, with plastics again i mean it, what, what would be the one thing that you want to go and make out of plastic that hasn't been done yet what if you were the first to do a plastic bible
0: oh well that's really cool i mean we do that all the time though well not the whole bible it'd be extremely heavy but you know we engrave you know on on products all the time and so put bible verses on that and that would last a long 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 time forever possibly forever
1: man uh, yeah. and it, so back to the leadership style and the business style You're, you have such a great gift of empathy and understanding and being present and thank you yeah for real you were even empathetic when I said that you said thank you I felt I, I felt I felt that um what, what's the best advice you've ever received
0: the best advice I've ever received yeah. is honestly from the bible uh Philippians four six it just says be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, Mm. which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Because I actually am prone to being anxious. I don't know, you know, people, we're filled with anxiety. And, And the thing I love about that Bible verse is depending on your translation, but if you look at the Greek, how they emphasize the verse, the first word, is nothing and it says nothing be anxious for and then after the it says but everything in with prayer hmm. so in greek in koine greek what they did was often what they want to emphasize a particular word even though it's not you know it's you, you could flip it around but they would put the word that they want to emphasize in the front so the contrast between nothing anxious and being anxious hmm. everything in prayer hmm. so that has been especially recently that's that's something that i just been thinking about and pondering and, and i think that's the best life advice for anybody
1: man tell you what dude you're you're, you're full of nuggets um how, how do you maintain balance you know being a husband a father a business owner a leader in the community what, what's the secret
0: what do you mean by balance
1: you have well actually he plays golf yeah, Sean's wearing pants, but if he had his shorts on today, you would see some very impressive calves. This guy, <laughs> this guy plays way too much golf.
0: No, that's that's fencing calves. I did fencing for about eight fencing. years. Yeah, I did that. He's um, not
1: denying the large calves.
0: Uh, no, follow
1: him on LinkedIn, and every every once in a while, he'll do a little sneak preview. Of I'm the I'm calf making. man. Actually, he's the calf man, but um, only on the weekends and after hours. Yeah. So, but what, I'm serious. What, what's that? What's it like? I mean, how do you maintain? You have that?
0: I don't. I don't really have a good answer for that because. We're juggling so many things, trying to manage I'm managing right now my mom's household. she has dementia, taking care of her, you know things like that, taking care of my kids, taking care of family, trying to get some time. one thing that I never get enough of is uh rest and retreat, and uh, I get knocked on by some of my peers and I say you need you need some rest and retreat and i just i have a have trouble with that, so I don't really know how. Honestly, I don't have great advice for for balance. What about Take you? Me? Balance yeah,
1: none. i Listen, I I think I'm getting less worse at. It. I'm not even going to say better, no. but I'm just such an extreme person that, no. you know, I, I'm I'm just extreme, and I don't think I've ever really experienced balance because I love what I do. It's just fuck, fo- you know, I have a hard time being present because my head is always thinking about eight million things. Yeah, you know, but that's a you know ongoing challenge for me. I think if I if I had it figured out, it wouldn't be fun. I can, I can appreciate little bit of literally all little alterations. I'm like, oh, man, that was actually awesome.
0: And I think the what I would say, though, if you ask that question, you know, how do you maintain balance And is, is, is remembering what's truly important, mm-hmm. you know, what's truly important. And it isn't plastics. I love plastics. But at the end of the day, who cares? You know, who cares about it? It's just a it's just a clear product or what? Who cares?
1: Maybe it's not clear. Maybe it's like a bumper. It could like, be. It could be a like, bumper. Like Felix. Who knows? Could
0: be. But what matters is people. Yeah. What matters is people. What matters is your relationships with those people and what you're doing with them. And so I think when you keep that in mind, like, okay, yeah, business, of course it's important, but in the grand scheme of things, not really that important.
1: I like that, which is why you win. Um, Legacy. Talk about legacy for uh, Huang Acrylics and then legacy for you. What does that look like?
0: Legacy for Huang Acrylics is if it brought lasting clarity to the world if it, if 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 we can somehow help you make your space clearer, cleaner, more organized. And on top of that, if we can share the love of Jesus Christ, that's the only thing I think can give you lasting clarity. Is understanding Jesus Christ and what he can what he has done for you and what he's offering you. Mm. That's the only thing that's going to give you lasting clarity, everlasting clarity. Uh even even plastics will one day go away. No. Not from, After about not from a, million, a million years in the ground, it'll, it'll eventually decompose, I suppose. Uh, but only Jesus Christ will give you lasting clarity. And that's my mission. That's our goal at Huang Acrylic is to provide that. And that's the, hopefully the legacy we leave, whether we're here for another 5, 10, 15, 20, you know, whatever years, that in those years we have, that's what we're providing to the people come, we come in contact with.
1: I love it. Uh, and then lastly, describe yourself in five words. I know you were not on the prep questions, but you're doing such a great job. I feel like you have got to leave the people something strong.
0: I am a follower of Jesus Christ. That's six. Seven. Seven. I'm a. I love, I love Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ, and I love you. That's,
1: that's five words on the dot. Um, man, your story is great. I think you're um you're very balanced and you have great perspective. And you know, I think like a lot of us, you're always wanting more you know more out of life more out of business your relationships etc i said last question but here, here's the you know you, you gave us scripture from ecclesiastes you, ecclesiastes and what was the other
0: uh i gave from uh, philippians, philippians four mm-hmm.
1: um so how about one more piece of advice uh for everybody watching listening etc what's what, what's the nugget to take into the world don't be anxious don't you know, be anxious listen listen um act when, when god is talking yeah. to you and what else
0: don't be afraid.
1: Don't be afraid. Um, okay, also by the time this airs, is it weird to you that Duke ended up having a losing football season after being ranked in the top 20, 2023?
0: Oh, I mean, you're talking about Duke football right now? It is the most amazing thing in my life right now. It's, so, it's crazy. I, I love it. Ever. I love it.
1: Cool, man. Well, I'm proud to be your friend. I love being able to share your story. The very last question is how do we support you? If people that are watching this need needs for plastic, specifically acrylic, how do we go and make some orders? Sure. For your
0: regular listeners or watchers, um, you can go to our e-commerce site, which is clearhomedecor.com, and you can buy all of our products there. Huang Acrylic is our business-to-business side of it, so if you need it on a wholesale basis, uh, that you can go there. That's H-U-A-N-G, acrylic.com.
1: And then to find the plastics man on LinkedIn, where do we find you?
0: Just search the Plastics Man.
1: That's it. What? A, what a great character! Which actually, I have one more. What's the Plastics Man's uh, superpower?
0: Oh, uh, indestructibility.
1: But unless it's Iron Man. So what's who? Who's your the, the Iron Man? Is the Plastics Man rival? Yes. Why? Because he can melt
0: you. No, because iron is not clear and it's ugly. But who could destroy you? Oh, who Godzilla. Could... Oh, fire. I guess I had to be fire. You can melt me.
1: Yeah. Stay tuned for episode 1.2 with Sean, where we actually have Godzilla and Robert Downey Jr. here. It's going to get nasty. Um, But uh, in all seriousness, thanks for being such a great encourager and inspiration to myself and to everybody that has the joy of having you in their life. Um, I'm a big fan and excited to see what you continue to do, um, leaving an impression on people as long as it's clear. Right?
0: That's right. Okay. Thanks,
1: Rogers. I appreciate it. You're welcome, John. It has been fun.